We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to True Faith Weekly Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined by Full House tonight for the first time in a long time. Uh, myself, Mick Collin, Ben Wade, Cy Campbell and Annie Bolland. How are you lads? Hello. Hello. So Newcastle got relegated. Mickey, this is probably news to you because you haven't done a podcast or people watching in a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's harsh because we you've you've been at several away games. I think did we do every single game under Benitez bar Southampton? I didn't come to Liverpool, but uh, the rest of we did. Yeah. So we did. We, you know, we've we've all done my time realistically. Um, Hi. Are we Gareth? Hello. Um, we've all done my time realistically and it hasn't worked out uh, we're going to talk today about yesterday and how class it was or even if you thought it was class at all uh, we're going to talk about uh, highs and lows of the season best and worst and probably do a little bit of looking ahead to next season uh, the True Faith radio show is no more we'll probably do our last one a couple of weeks ago so thanks to everybody who got involved this season uh, don't worry we've had quite a few people getting in touch on the podcast saying what is happening? Like, are we, <laughs> are we continuing? Are we continuing the podcast, lads? I'm not coming back. <laughs> of course, we're, of course, we're continuing the podcast. Stop the podcast in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> That's some uh, not going back. But we had uh, someone get in touch with some not not going back. Yeah, Thanks very much. Keep it coming. <laughs> Obviously, I'll just reiterate: we're not laughing at people who who make the painstaking choice not to go to the match anymore. That's absolutely not what we're doing. We're laughing at people who do that then feel the urge to tell everybody that they've done it and also then criticise others. In a really elaborate way as well. You know, well there's very, a, I've given up my season ticket, it'll be fine, but no one wants to know the life stories as well. It's, it, there's a formula to it, there's an art. It's like you state when you first started going to the match and it's always around, like no one went to the match. I first went in the relegation season of 82 like no one says that. <laughs> it's like, I went, <laughs> I went when Jackie Milburn scored his 15th goal in two games for Newcastle and I thought, <laughs> you know what, this is the club for me. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's going to be loads of them. I don't believe as might might quell the not going back stories, but yeah, please get in touch at TF Weekly Pod. But yeah, we'll be back next season. We're going to do two shows. We're going to do a separate Premier League show and a, a championship show next season. Um, also, this week we've got loads of stuff on here. We've got this show, obviously, which you're listening to now. We'll have the Premier League review, which will also be released tonight. And then I've got shows lined up with um, George Cook. Marcus Shearer, Richie Smith this week. Anyone who listens... Marcus, isn't it? What do I call him? Martin. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> Sorry, Marcus. 
Um, any listeners who want to get involved and talk about Newcastle's relegation, just just get in touch through Twitter at Equity Pod, where we're keen to get a range of views this week. But I've been talking for about three minutes now, so where do we, where should we start? Start with you, Bolland, on me right. Yesterday, best day of the season. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, I don't think anyone saw that coming, and for me, it what just happened? felt like no, five-one. Come you, on, you, you didn't might, see that. You might want to check with the, the, the TF match preview written by Alex Hurst. Uh, predict the three-nil win, but well, it's not five-one, though, is it? No, it's not. Um, but I thought we'd smash them. And it was sort of. Uh, it felt a bit like a culmination of the last one. Since it's been nine weeks since Rafa came, where everyone's been getting gradually more and more positive, the team's been playing better and better, and it was like they'd finally been at this something like the weight had been lifted off them, and it was the best performance we've seen from them. I don't think Spurs were great, but I don't think we, I don't think we let them do anything either. I think it's something like sixty-eight percent possession, but they did literally nothing with it, and we still had more shots. A lot of that possession was down to ten as well. Yeah, they did have more than us, but yeah, a lot of that was just about ten men. Um, and it was just enjoyable to be there from the first minute. Everyone was just singing Rafa songs. Uh, I think there was a couple of minutes for Mitrovic and the burning races, but uh, as a whole, it was a fairly enjoyable day. Can you hear the songs where you are because of the bloke with the horn and the wig? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can hear the songs. <laughs> have you been trying to get him to move away from me until next year? Yeah. <laughs> I will happily have you with us next season, but I know you won't move. I haven't been asked. We? Well, I've asked you like every year for the past three years or something. You yeah, know, what can I come So here, here's the thing, listeners. We're, we're sitting in the corner, okay? We're actually got a fucking. We sit in the corner as well. You sit in like, you're sitting like the front bit of the corner. It's like the Gallagher, really. But we sit there and we never get to stand. Yes, what happened yesterday? All the arseholes who kick off about we're standing up, where were they? Not there. So we got to stand all game yesterday, which was class. Um, but we want to move further back <clears throat> we're trying to attract people to do it as well if you're listening now and you have a season ticket by yourself get in touch we'll get tickets together Ben's not happy <laughs> we'll get tickets together next season um, <coughs> hello box office have you got tw- 20 in a row at the back please <laughs> <laughs> um, can you just move these cunts as well it'd be beautiful season <laughs> But uh, we've been trying to get Bolland to make the move since Mickey Wounds, you know, with all his mates instead of just one of his mates. But it's my dad. Get your dad to move. My dad won't move. He's, he's a like a stubborn man. Describe the person you sit next to, Bolland. Christ. Well, I, 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 I stand. What Mickey? Sit. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst fan in the world. I, I was going to say I've never seen your work on a match day. But you do sit next to what's it? I mean, we probably shouldn't name name him actually. But we're not naming names. It, it's a man who, who wears a wig. What does he take? A clapper or a horn or both? Yeah, both. Whatever he finds. Whatever he finds. Whatever clapper, Has no one said nothing yet? Has no one been like? Oh, because that literally all of his mates, like for the, the two blokes in front of us, and then there's like six of them that stand behind us, and then there's one on the other side of me from Mickey. And they're all pals, so they don't. Yeah, he's all welcome, clearly. Oh, I don't think he's caddy. How did you end up getting seats in the middle of all that? I don't know, just by chance. Really? Me and my dad just got them by chance, yeah. And then Bob came and sat next to me. So the last three blokes who were stood there, the only ones in that whole corner that gave up their seats from the previous season. <laughs> <laughs> well, the offer's always there, Bob and Miggy. I'm not coming. <laughs> you don't go. <laughs> 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 If you, if you listen to the podcast for the first time, well, Mickey, uh, he's 25, lives in Newcastle, <laughs> 26, Newcastle fan, because obviously we haven't heard you that much this season. That's uh, a, it's only the last couple of weeks. Before that, I was a regular. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. What? I was? Some statistician out there will probably tell we're different, but uh, 
No, it was good to have you back though, Mickey. I'll come on to you. Bolland had a cracking day. Uh, you weren't there because whatever me, reasons. Me and Mickey's dad had a fantastic day. Yeah, brilliant. Would you, were you, at what, sorry, at what point did you realise you'd made a mistake? Not, I knew I was making a mistake all along. Not because of the match, not because of the fifth girl when you got the text, presumably, or the phone call through from Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Several voice messages. It's a Saturday night dream day, apart from the navigation. So, yeah, obviously, did you watch it? Did you? I didn't watch it. I couldn't get a good enough stream that was worth worth watching, um, so I just kept up with it on my phone and on Sky Sports News. Come back to you later then. Well, you've got some because yeah, no, obviously, yeah, for this bit. Um, Sai, I'll come and criticise you. Don't Wait, worry. Let's just get it right. Let's see what your interpretation is. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what happened. Mick, you'll be disgusted by this, even though you weren't there. You'll not like this. So Newcastle are playing at home. Quite Cra- an atmosphere. Wow, well, I want to talk the atmosphere later, but God, class. We were singing, I think it was, I counted 12 minutes non-stop Rafa song. 12 minutes on a loop, like, not a break. Not a single break. Look, look at you a couple of times Bob taking a breather probably getting sick of like the club everyone <laughs> but yeah but um, obviously Newcastle score good goal as if well. you were monitoring me throughout the game <laughs> Bollin's not singing now <laughs> but um, I look obviously Newcastle scored get in I turned around a bang absolutely buzzing we'll look at look at the, the end of the road bloody sign Green Street Cowley sat there arms folded Miserable. I'm not celebrating this girl. <laughs> I think what the hell was that about? We stood up and we just clapped. We just That's clapped. not how we celebrate girls. It's, uh, it's the first, not how you celebrate. How stairs, you celebrate a girl, celebrate a girl is not how you celebrate yeah. a girl when you're holding her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that from your seats. We could have probably just die. As anyone who's listened to podcasts over the last two months, Winyaldum's been one of my most like despised players just by it's just absolute pieing of the whole the whole idea of playing for Newcastle and trying and to watch him score in the last game I was just sitting there thinking well brilliant well done mate and I just stood and clapped a bit it was nice to see we score obviously it's good to see we're winning the last day and Rafa in, I, missed, about, I missed all the Rafa songs what about the second goal because he also didn't celebrate the second goal <laughs> well Mitrovic as well I, was, I think it was, I was just before that goal I was talking to Mark and saying Mitrovic is shy man. useless striker where's his run going here where's his run going here <laughs> oh he scored <laughs> really good header as well so yeah, it was good I got Mitrovic is another one I'd, I'd been griefing him all game and then, and then he scored um, I agree with Sai completely on Wijnaldum by the way I think he I couldn't get he, excited for Wijnaldum scoring more, same, similarly with Mitrovic we'll talk about the players a bit more yeah, in the yeah. picture, we'll, but we'll talk about it now though we'll talk about the players yeah but I mean so Mickey and then, then come back to you Si a lot of people booed Wijnaldum off booed Sissoko off and booed Yamat when he scored I say a lot of people at the handful have and you then, seen the picture of um, yeah, yeah I've seen the, the picture on Twitter and then on Gareth Harrison in his uh, true faith match port of days basically said he was disgusted by people um Clapping Sissoko off. I'm obviously going to take a different point of view, but considering what size just said there, would you have been the same if you were at the match? Do you is it, is it got that bad where when Yaldon scores? Because to me, I don't give a shit who scores as long as it score for Newcastle, and it would be it would be so shit and it's been so bad. Not just, just, just not to, just this season. Just to clarify, though, I was not at any point sat with my arms folded. I stood you up. You weren't sat. We stood the whole game. I stood up. And I, well, yeah, I was stood up. But I clapped. I clapped for the goal. I wasn't like disgusted that would. It's score. not the, the fucking uh, hospitality at Arsenal, though, is it? Where they stand up and go, "Yay, get in." But that's how it felt. One 0 against Tottenham. Like five one was different. By the end of the game, I was going as nuts as you. But it's just like. 1-0 when the album scored it meant nothing well, what, what about that and what about the boon of Sissoko and stuff like that when he went off I think bear in mind he was 
unbelievably good. When Yaldum, when Yaldum is the player that people think Sosoga is, good like, point. He, he doesn't try. He just doesn't try. He hasn't been trying since the first four games of the season. We'll point out if it wasn't for Yaldum, we'd been relegated months ago. By the way, like he's been our top scorer this season. You can say the same for Sosoga. Honestly, uh, I would say the same for Sosoga. Well, this, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, it's ridiculous. It's been all right. He's had like a poor run of form, but still scored eleven goals this season. I, wasn't, I wouldn't have booed him, but I think he's he's out. I don't think I'd boo any Newcastle player on or off the pitch. Just you know, he, he might not be. He's been today. He has, hasn't denied that he's going. Well, hasn't said that he's going to leave. Yeah. He's been saying he's going to leave. We've got out again for the past. I think he's would like you to find where he said that. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one, isn't it? But I agree with you that people. I don't know, I agree with you, you're both a bit. Wijnaldum's goal tally is massively exaggerated because of Norwich at home. Yeah. Like, if he'd have got one goal there, would have got the same amount of points. So, it's a bit... I understand what you're saying, but it's like it's hard to quantify how important his contribution has been. The other goals that he scored, I don't think he's scored an actual winning goal, has he? I don't think he's scored a winning goal in any of the games. I'm not sure. I think he scored against West Ham, but it wasn't the second goal. So <laughs> that's massively putting Bolland on the spot. Well, we've we'll just we've we'll just accounted for four in six of the eleven. Yeah. <laughs> so we've only we're, we're down to four more goals. One against West Ham. One against Man United was a draw. Only got two goals left. Yeah. <laughs> Southampton at home. Southampton at home and, some, and someone else. So none of them actually directly led to victories. Yeah. Although we play this part, it would be churlish to suggest otherwise. But on Miggy's point that people think Wijnaldum is Sissoko's a player that Wijnaldum is have you come round to our point of view then Miggy or are you now thinking Sissoko isn't a total bottler who doesn't try because I don't but you, you've always thought different <clears throat> I, don't, I don't I don't think he puts 100% in every game um, but he's, I, I don't dislike him as much as I used to the performance he put in yesterday how many times have you seen that this season haven't Right, maybe three times. It's it's going to come up. It's it totally comes under the context of who you're playing and how they pl- how they play. Spurs I was say, the play is an outrageously high line all game, which is mental, by the way. Teams, <laughs> Cutters and Jameses play deep so we don't have any space. Score against where yeah, yeah, yeah. and win the game. That's particularly away from home. Teams know against us just not leave any space in behind. Yeah, yeah. Spurs Spurs' fullbacks were miles up the pitch, leaving their two slow centre backs. At our mercy, and I, I think it's too easy to say. Well, where was that? You also noticed that he, he literally, from about the seventy-fifth minute, just couldn't carry on. Like people say, he doesn't run fast enough. He just didn't. He just burnt himself out yesterday. He could not carry on. Defensively, he's put in more of a shift, and he's been a better player since he's moved inside. I think he's looked a lot better since he's been playing inside. I think the problem is you have to look at the context of the position. So when you're playing out wide, you have to track back every time. To cover your your right back, it's a much more draining position. Yeah. And you, the uh, in terms of the percentage of attacking play you get on that role, it's probably fifty fifty with how much defensive work you've got to do. Whereas in the role off the striker, it's probably seventy thirty, maybe eighty twenty in terms of attacking. Like you don't, all you're really doing in that role is maybe like shadowing the if they play like a man in the hole that gets on the ball. Yeah. Um. So obviously, it's completely released his like. <laughs> 60% of his energy perhaps to just run his players when we're counter-attacking which just showed you the perfect like game plan for a type a Sissoko type player and I'll include Aronson Townsend in that as well um, they just they got loads of space and had like play, basically just as you said slow players to beat like 
the, the looks the best because as you say Spurs went for it I mean you didn't see Sissoko making the long busting runs through them in the first yeah. 40 minutes whatever it was once they were forcing the game so as you said before <laughs> Spurs' game plan completely played into our hands when we went down to 10 men because they thought right just yeah. bomb everyone on and it just opened up for it as you say we haven't had that all season because McLaren's a fucking retard apart from Norwich like was it Norwich yeah. Was yeah, 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 game yeah, where yeah, exactly. they were stupid enough to think to right, come to a term. Well, was, exactly so I think it's like obviously <laughs> give give any decent player that sort of space and they'll look of course they look like a world beater um, so I think you have to put that performance into context but he was brilliant um, and I think he did run himself into the ground he's just well they're trying to take off Townsend and they had to say no he was, off so <laughs> it was literally like, he was his doing knees. his hardest yeah. hardest to portray like I'm on death's door here <laughs> <laughs> like he was literally he, I think he'd run a corner and he yeah. went like sort of leaned on the um, the hoarding for like five minutes like looking just looking back and checking off and was looking like has he got the message yet nah, I, better, I better lie down on my front get myself in the recovery position <laughs> Is he still, yeah he's got it right cheers and then and then did the slowest walk off the pitch. Yeah, exactly. But he, but he had been like just long bust. I just think he's he's nowhere near as fit as as he should be when you look at some of the other players in the mean, league. I, I think so. so it's a bit of both, isn't it? I mean, we've always we've always been fans of him. We've always defended him all season. I think he gets a lot of un- unnecessary stick for a two million pound midfielder. Yeah. Who, who without him, we wouldn't have even been in it this season. Like we would have just been an absolute write off. He's kept us with his assist and just generally being the only one capable of doing anything. He's, he's kept us in it, but. Let's not let's not pretend that that uh, performance yesterday wasn't anything other than a, like a freak Sissoko performance. He well, it was, well, it was, it was tactical, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. You're right. It was. I mean, high line and Kyle Walker hoying in ridiculous slide tackles and him just jumping over it and <laughs> yeah. like running in the thirty yards of space like mental. They did. They did love to completely like hundred percent commit to themselves to, tackle, yeah. to tackle that. All it took was a tiny little like ruckshot. There was a few where they got their foot on the ball and it still put the player through like even further. But, I mean that that just sums up Sissoko. It's that performance. I mean I think I said to you after the game, Dogger. He will be remembered for his very first game and his very last game because <laughs> that will be his last game. The the game against Chelsea and it's a bit of a cliche, but. It's the worst thing he could have done was to absolutely rinse Ashley Cole and score those two mid goals yeah. and just put expectations right at the top of like his, his performance range. And it's just that you expect everyone expects him to be that guy. He's not a goal scorer. His, his whole career, his record is not about goals. <laughs> scoring goals. The chances he missed today proves that as well. Yeah, like, exactly. A couple of one on ones doesn't score, and that's the one the major thing that Sissoko hasn't done for us, which is score enough goals. But that's not the kind of player he is, and he never has been. There's he's eight assists a season put in the top ten, 10 players in the league for assists. Yeah. Which is pretty good. True. And all and of the other players in those teams play for good teams. <laughs> but right, it's it's one it's thing, though. It's you just said Adams goal, most of Wijnaldum's Adams goals came in two games. Sissoko got four against Norwich, didn't he? No, he got four against Norwich, and people thought because he was involved, but he didn't get direct access. He got the Mitrovic one against Norwich, and maybe one of them. He got two. I yeah, I think that's that's the main point. So even if he hasn't got all the assists, he's yeah. almost, he's involved in nearly every goal. He's involved well, look, in can, nearly I, can, every I the, can I give you the players? He's up there with an assists: Mesut Özil, Christian Eriksen, Tadic, Pay, Silva, Mares, Milner, Lamella, Ali. All the, all the all kind of players like there to be rubbing shoulders with assists. Wise, consider you got Mitrovic missing them every <laughs> fucking five minutes as well. Well, that was start a few weeks ago where he was second in the league from open play for. Um, Providing not just assists but key key passes, yeah, and that's exactly it. Plus, Perez. all of those players pretty much are set pieces. Yeah, that will every single other player on that list. Yeah, get them signed up. Five more years, Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stay, buddy. 
Nah, probably not. I mean, I'd, I know everyone hates him. I'd love it if he did, but well, you have to go to Spurs. Just what Spurs? <laughs> just swapping around. Yeah, Spurs didn't have anyone big and powerful. I suppose yeah. Dembele, but he's not the pace. He wasn't there. I'll just mean in general, in, general oh, right. in, in their team to that kind of player. Um, I don't know. Dyer's he's not that fast, I suppose. But <laughs> well, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a totally different player. He's a defensive midfielder. <laughs> Like yeah, I thought, sorry, I thought one point. Like I'm not going to lie, I did zone out and look at me thing. What point were you making? That Spurs don't have a Sissoko type player. Oh, Probably right, okay. So in squad, I thought like, you were meaning they didn't have anyone that could handle, like, take a like, man Martin. No. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tune back in. Well, yeah, to keep, to keep, your, um, to keep your attention, Ben, uh, obviously you enjoyed yesterday. I was there, I was there with you. Um, Lost my voice for it. I was going to come on the atmosphere with you. Best atmosphere this season, do you think? Yeah, by an absolute mile. Probably the best atmosphere in a number of years, would you yeah, say? Yeah, definitely. The best I've, I, I can remember I've been to anyway for, well, since sort of the, the modern uh, last few years anyway. Modern do you think that season. it will have any bearing on the situation with Benitez, or do you think that he's not going to No, I do. I think, to be fair, I don't think, I mean, I think that will have helped but I think he's already been getting a lot of love off the fans and his interview after the match says he's, his heart wants to stay so I don't think um, it's a question of that I think it's just the fact that he, he just obviously he's completely right to not trust Charlie and Ashley like the I mean we went to a thing in the morning where they were talking about sort of they will just do anything they can Which we may as well give it a plug it was the uh, Northern Correspondent magazine whose game is it it was uh, really good we, we, me, you and Bolland went um, first five minutes, I was thinking, what if we walked in here? Because it was just some some bird and some lad. I think she's like the Baltic curator or something like that, chatting about um, how like art and football <laughs> can be like combined. And I was thinking, like I'd been out Friday and then all day at the races Saturday. I was thinking, I've got up at nine o'clock for this. Like what? How I've been dragged in here? Um, just absolutely dying. Think this is the worst crack ever. After not getting me bloody. <coughs> Last breakfast I was promised thanks to Bolland as well who forgot, oh, it, forgot it was a Sunday yeah. forgot, forgot it was a Sunday and everything shut until about half ten or whatever stupid apart from one of Newcastle's establishments who will, will not mention who provided us with a very roby breakfast for about <laughs> yeah. four quid right. chips though chips on the breakfast <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I, but now that was that was really good uh, very it was the best speakers I mean Mick Martin true fair that was very good there was uh, Michael Walker author of up there which is a really good book and uh, Luke Edwards of the Telegraph and Loads of other people, and um, yeah, it was really interesting. But sorry, Ben. So yeah, um, I what I was talking. You were saying how they don't listen. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, just obviously they they'll try and uh, save every like save every every penny they can. Um, I mean, they're probably thinking now like devising plans on how to get all the big big uh, wage earners off off the bill. Just. But if they are doing that, the Benitez is not staying, is he? Because exactly. that was going to be that's, that's, that's the worry. So that's the worry. It's just a case. I think he's obviously having to put across the the fact that I think the, it's whether they they do change their, their colours and listen. Because I think. I <laughs> 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 just folded a not uh, a tea towel for no reason there while talking to you. Listeners. Just just uh, whatever. But I think it's it's a case of whether whether they're like they're learning from the mistakes they've made. Because the last two years we, we, we should have got relegated last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how John Cole managed to put it. Well, he didn't really. That's did he? all those couple. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just it's it's a case of whether Ashley's sort of learned enough to to come on. Uh, actually, just a, a football person in Rafa who knows exactly like what he's doing. Um, 
and I think that's all it's going to come down to is it's what what um, sort of guarantees they, they're going to give him that yeah. he's going to be supported in the top we'll, we'll come back to him in a bit um, it's all get everyone's views but maybe with with you not being there yesterday a lot of people are saying on social media and on, you know, a couple of comments on True Faith as well that yesterday it was a bad thing because the anger has disappeared I don't, I'm, I'm really positive like obviously Rafa's got a chance to stay in I really like yesterday. I'm not going to apologise. It was it was fucking mint. I had a great day. Really enjoyed. We tore we tore apart with ten men. One of the best teams in the country. If not, people have been saying by the way these are the best team in the country. Like in terms of the way they play football and stuff. I mean, we'll talk about in the Premier League part later on. But there's arguments for and against that. Because you were at the match. Do you think any of that anger you had after relegation, that apathy, has dissipated, or do you think that because you know even even though you weren't at the match, you, you've got that feeling of Euphoria. I don't know. Like it's, it's not for me. It's not that the anger has disappeared at all because it hasn't. That's the only real emotion I feel about relegation at the minute. I'm not good at. I'm just angry because it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. But it hasn't. For me personally, it hasn't disappeared at all. I think, and I think people's attitudes are just like in the mindset of let's put this to one side and try and get Rafa to stay. I think that's what yesterday was about. Without being there, I think that's what yesterday was about. And nobody was there to support the team really whether it was all about Rafa it was all about Rafa and I think the support for the team came from the performance after, you know, after that but you're right it was a lot of people there. I mean if Benitez had come up before that match and said that nah, I'm away not that he would have regardless of it, because he wouldn't do that with the players and the, you know yeah. um, a lot of, before the match maybe a lot of people on McMahon and other people on, on, on Twitter were saying um, that it was just it was just a sideshow that everyone knew that Rafa was leaving and that there's no way the club even wanted to keep him and they would just keep him on to avoid a riot I think Mick without wanting to speak for him or any of the Castle fans has mellowed a little bit on that viewpoint and that now they seem to think there's a genuine chance to keep many as what are your thoughts? But there seem to be I don't, I don't think he would like he's obviously quite an honourable guy but I don't think he would come out and, and lie and say that there is a chance of him staying if he didn't think there was I think he would have been he would have not said anything until after yesterday and then come out this week and said sorry I'm not staying I don't think he would have would have said there was a chance so there must be a chance do you think yes or no what, your, what's your good on this I think he's going to stay with that do you think that will the mindset of the whole club change as a result in the way Newcastle United do business I think it has to if, it, if Rafa's going to stay I think it has to I think that Ashley has to now realise how fortunate he is to have Rafa because it's turned everything around. Like yesterday is the prime example of it. If, it. if we didn't have Rafa as manager, there would, people would have been absolutely kicking off yesterday. Like massive protests, massive unrest against Ashley again. And none of that happened. And that's only because of Rafa. He's the only way we've got to come back up. He's the only mm-hmm. way we've got to keep in any of the squad that we've paid a kind of bit of money to assemble. I think I think I think it's all going to change. I think everything that happens from now on is going to be focused on what Rafa wants. I I completely agree with that. I think. So do you think he'll stay? I do. I said that yesterday as well. I I think I've been thinking that for a while. I just think that he Rafa sees the potential. And he said it a number of times. There's massive potential in this team, and um, I just think if if the they they get it right and they they keep him and. He's going to have to completely turn the club upside down. I mean, I, we were sort of talking yesterday about um, sort of his, his reaction to like the media relations and stuff like that. Like he's just not stood for any of this sort of petty 
um, like banning of people and sort of <laughs> I think there was a story we heard yesterday about they they'd like stopped giving um, the media like food in the press conference and stuff like that and he's just yeah. been like he's done away with that and it's just the pettiness that like obviously Charlie and Ashley and all them have, have been sort of used to like he's just not going to stand for that and you just feel like once we start getting sort of the club properly run he's he's literally the only football man in there um, that's got any sort of uh, sort of credibility um, <laughs> like he'll have to dictate what's going on I think he he, he could uh, sort of have a massive I mean already they've installed him as a manager not a head coach which is completely against their model um, and I think they've seen what the potential of the team was in the last 10 games okay we've got relegated but <laughs> we've, we've had like played some of the best teams in terms of Man City Liverpool who are playing in a European Cup final in a couple of weeks and we've, we've gone toe to toe with those two teams Man City winning a Champions League semi-final at the time Spurs are the third best team in the league and we've we've given all those three teams really good games they've actually given Arsenal um, credit for being better than Spurs well by the, by the table points, but and like just I think that surely now they've got to see their way was completely wrong it's got away two two relegation battles back to back years in 10 games Rafa's completely turned around the supporters like the biggest thing is obviously <laughs> what's, what's at stake here let's not beat around the bush like, Ashley's only interested in money and being able to, to um, profit from using Newcastle for, for sports direct means well you're not going to get that in the championship anymore so you have to get it right first time and come straight back up otherwise you risk becoming another lead because just obviously the players are going to stop coming to you and all that sort of stuff um, so you've got to get it right first time and then obviously the, the riches that are coming in next year like everybody wants a piece of that and I think <laughs> you have to be the most stupidest stupidest thickest bloke in the world to like just be so stubborn that you're not going to give in, uh, a bloke who literally can't guarantee you these riches <laughs> because you want to stay with your Lee Charnley fucking monkey and Maybe. McLaren and all them I, Ben's completely nailed it um Ashley's going to know that, like I said before, Rafa's the only chance we've got coming straight back up. And if we don't come straight back up, there's a very good chance that we'll crumble and we'll be there for years. He, whatever his end game is with this, he can't suddenly cast on the championship because it's worth, it's going to be worth so so much less than the club owes him. The is is only the only solution for Ashley is for us to get promoted as quickly as possible, and the only way that's going to happen is if we keep Rafa. Bollins. Are we going to keep hold of Rafa, yes or no? And why? For either answer. Um, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, part of me thinks he's saying the right things, but this, we're relying so heavily on Mike Ashley and Lee Charnley to just give up what they've been doing for years. And we've seen it before. They wouldn't do it for Shearer. They wouldn't do it for Keegan. They wouldn't do it for Pardew. Like, why are they going to do it for Rafa? These are two very, very stubborn, stupid men. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope, I hope, I hope he stays. He's saying all the right things, but I've just got to, there's part of me that thinks that sometime next week we're going to get a very heartfelt letter in the Chronicle from Mm -hmm. Robert Benitez, which says, from Munker. Sorry, lads, but I'm off. Because the sort of things from what we've heard that he wants to do is he wants the training facilities brought up for, fit for purpose. That's going to cost a lot of money. He wants to keep hold of most of the playing squad. That's going to cost a lot of money. Um, and that's just me saying. <laughs> I won't respond to that. Um, and just, it just, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask of Mike Ashley, the man who's not wanted to do it in the past. So 
don't know. Come on. I don't think it's massive, as, as dependent on uh, Ashley and Charnley as, as you lads have said. I think the fact that he's here in the first place means that he's not that bothered about the, the Charnley-Ashley factor. He's bothered about Newcastle United, about the club, about the fans, <laughs> and about the players he's got at his disposal. But he's bothered about being able to bring them back up. Yeah, I think what's more dependent on is how many of the squad that he wants to stay will stay and whether or not he'll be able to bring in players. And yeah, that's dependent a little bit on that, actually. But I reckon he'll be going to people like Townsend this week saying, Howe, if you stay, I might stay. <laughs> Musa, Howe, if you stay, Howe, we'll, we'll just have one year. Yeah, but I think, I think there'll be a bit of that. I think if Townsend's going, I want, we need to cut the wage bill. He's going to go right, Townsend, you're off to West Ham to so go get, you, get yourself away. Like. There's nothing Rafa can do about it if Charlie's No, but then, he, then he'll go. Then he'll go. If that sort of thing starts happening, yeah, you will go. But so I think, then I think Charlie and Ashley will have directly influence for these days it goes. My point but being that I think his relationship with the players is just as important as his relationship with, with anyone above him. I agree with that, but the, the final say on it comes down to, the, to those two blokes that we hate so much, doesn't it? <laughs> if, if Ashley says to Charlie, cut the wage bill in half, they. He has, to, he has to sell players and if he has to sell players Rafa leaves yeah we'll sell the players that Rafa wants rid of Mitrovic etc well I'll, I'll, we'll finish part one of the show before we do end of season awards after this I'll kind of come in and say you are all right and you are all wrong <laughs> so obviously he has to wait I, I don't think I don't agree so I don't think his relationship with the players matters because if, if players want to leave they want to leave he said today in quotes Benitez well he said it yesterday but it was in the day's paper that there is, uh, if they have to sell a player, if a big offer comes in, you're not going to start stand in someone's way. But he wants to keep the majority of the squad together. I imagine that he do, he won't care. Squad, squad. he won't <laughs> care who we sell. Honestly, as long as he's allowed to reinvest that money in the playing squad, I don't think he'd be too fussed. I agree with Ben. The fact he was named manager is important. Graham Carr has to leave the club off or take a far reduced role and capacity as, as a scout who advises. Might you know he might do well to get out of fucking France. Have a look around some other countries, um, <laughs> Graham. But I also he's exhausted Holland as well. Let's not forget. <laughs> I also, I also think um, the fan backlash now. And let's not forget, Ashley was there yesterday. I think if Ashley wasn't there, it would have been hard for him to understand the feeling in the stadium towards being there. Now I listen to talk sport today. Mickey Gray, Sunderland legend, was saying that that atmosphere yesterday. Is Probably one of the best, if not the best, football atmosphere he's ever been in. Yeah, I, so I, well. I praise from a Magnum who hates Newcastle. Um, he probably hates Newcastle as well. Yeah, there was lo- loads of people in the national media been talking about that atmosphere yesterday in that ground. And Ashley came to the match now. He, I, I don't think he's been to a match since August or something mental like that in Newcastle. He obviously felt comfortable enough and safe enough having relegated that side to come to St James's Park. Benitez isn't there yesterday, or we'll get relegated under McLaren. He doesn't come within 100 miles, 200 miles, 300 miles from James's Park. He wouldn't. He wouldn't risk it. He wouldn't be a security risk. That's how serious it is. He would not come. So, for him to attend the match and see what he's seen and see the farm pressure, the fact that if they fuck this up, if they lose Benitez now, it's probably that's it. There's the the you'd be looking at mass boycotts, proper mass boycotts, organised stuff. You'd be looking at season ticket renewals just just falling off the face of the earth. You'd be looking at whoever they got in, whoever they got in. They could pick up a really good, bright young manager from from anywhere. People wouldn't be asked. So that's why I think you'll stay. I don't think you'll stay because of anything the club are going to do right or change because the thing is right or they realise their mistakes. Or conversely, to Bonham's point, I don't think they're going to be so stupid that they realise that they've got something for the first time. Apart from when Keegan came back. That's the only time, and 
maybe the Samoan were finished fifth, but people still didn't like Podu. Um, they've, they've got something now. They've got something where they can they can actually build a football club and build a, like a legacy. And I don't think even I, I disagree with Bond. I don't think even they are that stupid and that negligent to let this go now because that's the end I'm of not, them. I'm not saying I think they will be that stupid, but it's got to be. It's got to be a concern that they're not a massive stupid, concern. Like, still well, let's let's quickly just touch on what we we me and Ben international TV superstars. Did, some, uh, <laughs> did a very short interview for Premier League TV yesterday. Went round the world, size mate taught in Singapore. Um, awful viewing for people early in the morning. <laughs> Getting up to that, watching me and you talk. I was going to say, me, still mortal, probably. For <laughs> the 48 hour bender I've been on, half dead. Um, we were speaking to someone, we'll not, we'll not say who, who, who worked at the club <laughs> in a senior capacity for a long time, and he was telling us just how life at the club is just awful on a day-to-day basis everyone is terrified of losing their jobs because the, it's just a trigger-happy environment where to save they're so obsessed by coughs cutting and it's almost not a football club now we all that's not news to anyone listen to this or it's not news to us but that to me seems a massive leap but I think for the very first time this is this is the key thing here for the very first time Newcastle have got a manager who can walk away Steve McLaren couldn't walk away Alan Pardew couldn't walk away even Chris Hooden at the time couldn't walk away from the job and get a job anywhere in European football Rafa Benitez holds all the cards he's going to pull all the strings that gives me hope that the fact that he's even considered talking to these people means that he must Rafa must believe that he can get them to change so if if Rafa believes it then I believe it same I agree (laughs) pause it pause it so part two of the podcast, uh, we're going to look back at the season and do some awards. I wish I'd listened back to last season's awards because we did the same thing, but I didn't. Would have been interesting to know who we gave like player of the season to, and but never mind. Um, so uh, we've got some categories. Uh, actually, ran some Twitter polls today, so I'll ask you for the same one, lads. I've cocked up a few of them with the timings, but never mind. So some of them must still open if you'd like to vote. Uh, you look for the question, Derek. Yeah. Awesome. No, no, the, the Twitter polls. I've got the questions. No, right. uh, so I asked um, best away fans to visit Newcastle this season, and I put the caveat that they had to fill three key allocation because it's just shite if you don't really. I'm not having like Palace fans were meant. I 1300 and like that came. Um, I chose in reverse order according to the people that have voted so far, but there is 19 hours left. <laughs> Um, West Ham have picked up 7% of the vote I thought they were kind of for like getting because we're, we're dicked on them yeah, they didn't turn up to them but they never they didn't do like a Spurs yesterday Aye. and just piss off they like stayed till the end and got behind the team and that Leicester I mean they pissed the game on the league uh, Bournemouth 25% and then a massive huge <laughs> 57% Chef Wed best away fans this season any disagreements or agreements on that lads we kind of hear them from where we are so I've got. I've, I've really got an opinion. I agree. You probably get when you're in the box. You probably see yeah. a lot of the even I have though, no idea what they were. Even though my box is like exactly the same place, adjacent to me, the seat, the seat in the corner, on the other side, on the other side, partly the same row, but like you can because because you're in the, the Melbourne, you can hear like word for word for the songs. We're in the corner, unless I disagree with you. I think proper good away fans. You can't hear. You can hear. Right? I think maybe because Man, you bring three thousand, don't they? Oh, Man, you Arsenal. Um, Everton. You can occasionally hear Man U because they actually sing songs every now and then. But the, what, the, yeah, this season I can't think of an away crowd that's actually. I've got an impression. Chef Webb were good. I'll, I'll remind you. Chef Webb bought about five, six thousand. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't at the game. Yeah, I didn't, didn't go. 
fair enough. So, well done, well done, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I put the most classic Charlie moment of the season. What was it? I put Hiram McLaren, which is currently head on. On to the final result of two hundred and eight votes, thirty-seven percent. Not sagging him at Christmas was second favourite with thirty-two. Not sagging him after Chelsea, twenty-seven percent. And I put dodgy Monday all sport deals because everyone's saying like we're only seen to buy players from one. Specific French sports agent. It's definitely not dodgy. Would you agree with that? Would you think that the Charlie's biggest mayor was Hiram McLaren, or was it not? Yeah, I think Graham Carr is more responsible for the last one. But yeah, it's, it's the. I think you're right. The Chelsea game was the was the moment, wasn't it? That was when. <laughs> you're right. It was the third most important. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> that came third in the pool. <laughs> I agree with Sai. The listeners. Yeah. Hiring him, like hiring him, was a ridiculous decision. But at the same time, especially with Tim there wasn't there wasn't that yeah. much out there at the time for what to get. So I think I think hiring. Hiring him wasn't as bad as not him. Suppose it's like you've made your mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. Can you mistake a mate like? But you've made it. Well, we're then negative about it the start of the season. Uh, we just we just had like Carver. of Carver. Yeah. Everyone was kind of like, well, it c- he could he could pull it off. You never know. You say there wasn't that much out there. It wasn't Ranieri. Yeah, good shot. Yeah. Although Ranieri had just done a terrible job of Greece, yeah. lost to the Faroe Islands. We rinsed Ranieri first part of the season. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this later on in the podcast, uh, the Premier League podcast already. Um, NUFC player of the season, I put Andros, Toms, and the backup keepers, both of them because they're the same, even though one's much better than the other. Uh, Big J. Lascelles and Fabanta, CM Dion, whose <laughs> contribution once again has been absolutely fantastic in the Newcastle United season. How ridiculous are two of those? Well, the Sales has only played about seven games. <laughs> That's the whole thing. We're, we're literally we're yeah, basing player of the year off the last seven games when we've got relegated. Like because yeah. that you, it's just slim pickings for the first. I think the, you have to give uh, Rob Rub. I know you don't like uh, like him being mentioned on the pod, but uh, you've got to give him. You can some credit. Like we can mention him. He's just shite. <laughs> no, but I think that, that, that's my point. Is I would say like I, I, I agree with you, Doug. Can you think of any games, Bob Bournemouth, where he played after Crow got injured, where you were like, "Yes, Rob Elliott is the reason that we won that game"? Because I can't. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, so that's not though. that's not how I would just because let's be honest, we didn't win many games, Doug. <laughs> no, we didn't. So we've got football to go off. We're just going off who Go didn't on who, who didn't disgrace themselves like every game. I think he's probably one Cuff, of the few Cardola. that didn't. Well, anyway, yeah, uh, the, the final results: fifty uh, percent of the people that voted uh, gave it to the backup keepers. So, well done, lads. We'd have three class keepers next season if Cole stays, which he probably won't. I would say though, like the Sales and Townsend for the last few games they've been involved, the Sales has been putting in the best defensive performances. Yeah. Has I've anyone? Seen has anyone got any else to on player of the season? Because we've just kind of gone through it. There. Any other? Any other candidates people want to pick up? Chancellor and Bemba and Czech Teode. Um they've both sort of gone under the radar like our defence has been shocking Bemba was part of a defence I've just conceded loads out of, out of our defenders he's always looked like he will be a very good centre half at some point and I don't think I can't he's also sure like the only ever present yeah but no, I, just I can't really, really blame any I can't think of any like goals that I would directly blame him for. no 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 I agree um, he's just been he's a good With, without Mike Dean having a massive what? assist in the decision 20, um, yeah, 21 years old. Like, he's had so. quite a, I think he's had a good season playing in a really, really, really terrible defence. Well, there are yeah. 35 different defensive partners as well. He's played alongside um, no left back all season. And Lucini was rubbish. Steve Taylor was worse. <laughs> yeah, um, and Czechia is the one I think 
pretty much every game Tio has played for us, I think we've come out with a positive result. Um, I think we've certainly got a better win percentage when he's been in the team and I think it took him a couple of games to get back to fitness but I think once he did I think he's been really important for us especially in this final run in I think he's been back to the of old I just want to say I know, sorry I just want to sit aside because we're going to move on and Bemba did have a four or five week spell out and that's when it all went to shit that was like Bournemouth Chelsea and all that was when he wasn't yeah, playing yeah, so yeah, that, right. that probably again proved like says fair, fair play Bond yeah. honourable mentions for those two I was just going to make a point just further to what you were saying there Bond and I completely agree I think Tioti has got back to the player when he was getting linked with Arsenal and Chelsea and all those type of teams about three years ago or whatever when he, he was literally just like a I don't know what the word would be, but just an absolute maniac around the pitch, just <laughs> just winning everything, like just not taking any shit from anyone, just like sort of just dominating midfield. Um, and I would also, I would probably hoy in Cole back next to him because I think. Ah, oh. no, 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 no! Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Let us just probably go forward. I'm not like, excited about that. Really they work as a partnership so well together. Like it's amazing how much legwork like Colback does for Paul Dummett. <laughs> for uh, Junior Wijnaldum who's never fucking where he should be and then does his own job and covers for Tioti so he's basically doing the running for four men there right <laughs> um, and okay yeah he's not he hasn't done anything going forward but he and Tioti have formed a p- partnership and um, it's a sort of an understanding that's basically made we look really solid that I've never seen from Newcastle team in a good, goodness knows how long like it just doesn't exist so those two in front of any back four I think Let's be honest, how many teams have really got onto the back four in the last sort of ten games? I can't really men- like sort of think of many teams. When you think earlier on in the season where you were pissing themselves laughing at Cole Pack and Anita, who were basically playing them like in the back four. Yeah. Um they've completely sorted <laughs> and we were playing behind the back four <laughs> yeah, exactly. Times. <laughs> exactly. They were actually in the proper positions and working as a partnership and obviously that's a lot to do with Rafa telling them where to be. But like I just think the pair of them to, I mean to, to both of them be getting ahead of Shelby like who we've paid loads of money for in January and is on a massive big wage would have been a lot of pressure to play in the fact that Rafa stuck with them too I think is like a reward for how good they've been together it does say a lot I think, yeah. I think true. what you said is absolutely right for the last 10 games but I think they're both embarrassing under McLaren it's, mm. it's so strange that you can give you can give the embarrassing under McLaren yeah he injured himself I was going to say that I just don't think he could be asked to get fit like Mark Douglas wrote a piece last this week, last week, whatever, about the story behind the Castle's relegation and two players that just pissed off McLaren more than any other were Tio and Cissé, who he basically just said just couldn't be asked. They were injured, but they just couldn't be asked to get fit. It was like you were injured nine months ago, lads, what's fucking wrong with you? And you'd come back for a game, arm injured again, the, the medical staff couldn't find anything wrong with them, which is disappointing about Cissé, but... I think Tio is a good shout, and, and it's a shame he's leaving because he's he's not going to sign another contract for Newcastle. He's out of contract. Um, Off to China for his. What do you just want to have a bit of a dig at Callback because he did make a big song and dance with? I don't want to have a massive dig at him, but he's he's certainly not the player of the season award. Really, is he? I wouldn't. Not individually. I'm saying like I like with the with the keepers. Slash, <laughs> I want to hire slash after Tierney and squeeze Callback in there because I think the cover package. Individually, the- individually, they were all awful. Don't get us wrong, and I think. <laughs> Send them a deal. Send them a deal. Sorry, like early on in the season. <laughs> to your back. <laughs> I meant, I meant, early on in the season. The two players, the third midfielders, the can't shoot, cross, pass, finish, 
Now, I like I like both of them, and I really like Callback. You heard it here first, Jack Callback and Castanet play of the season 16-17. He'll tear the championship apart. I, re- I really think he'll do it. I think him and Shelby, it's a bit... I, I like that two has played, but Callback never played with Shelby this season. And when he did, no, he did against... West sorry, Ham. I mean right. under Benitez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, against West Ham, they ran the show yeah. against one of the best yeah. defences in the league, uh, midfields in the league. And that's the beauty of Jack Callback, is he's versatile. He can do the defensive <laughs> role. And the attack I mean, you know, he did miss that outrageous sitter yeah, against Villa, like, which probably wouldn't have meant how, like, you know, Sunderland did what they needed to do, so, you know. Any any other shouts for player of the season? Uh, I'd just like to put in the two full backs <laughs> and uh, slash in between them. Uh, worst player of the season, Miggy. No, that's a hard one coming out of us. Oh, have we finished the polls? Is this just us now? Yeah, it's just us, yeah. It's got to be Teoti on his own and Cormac <laughs> on his own. Uh, I think um, it's a tough one, I think Perez has been really, really disappointing. But I would say, in his defence, he hasn't played in his like proper position. Well, he's still scored goals can you tell me what his position is, please, though? Because I'll do did anyone see him play at Evan slash Southampton away for doing slashes because he was fucking dog shit he's not going to be any good on his own up front away from home against a much better team it's like right Perez you can only play in one position if you basically we need you to go back to 1996 <laughs> plays two strikers then you'll be class Leicester play 4-4-2 in one of the league oh yeah credit where it's due not with Perez they didn't I don't know did they Perez- play 4-4-2 yeah, that was yeah, yeah. Vardy and the Okazaki was like oh, so basically right, Perez could have been the Okazaki the non-scoring as, as long as yeah as long as we well he scored a couple yeah he got a couple he's got a great goal but I, I just I, I, I agree with, with that I think that is he needs to play as almost like a support striker who has like someone to link up with because he's not got the pace to run away from anyone um, which is even more mental putting him on the wing when you've got Aaron's um, Obertan, like whoever else, like who've got just bags of pace to scare defenders. Like, no, we'll hoy Perez out there who will have to spend half his time, well, more than half his time, worrying about Paul Dummett at left back. Um, <laughs> and then we'll be so knackered from all that running around that he can't get up the end, the end of the I've said it many times Dummett Perez as a left side gets you relegated. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I mean, it's just as well, it just further because I think he did have a good season the year before and I think he's a promising player. It was just disappointing not to see him kicking on because he's he, at the age now, he's what, 22, 23? He's 22, yeah. He should really be like establishing himself in the team and he, uh, he couldn't get in a shy, shy team. We've got a lot to get through, not much time, so I have to move on from Perez. But right. I'll, just, I'll just quickly say um, Liverpool away in the first half, we played on the left. Everton away, we played it from by himself, are the two worst performances I've ever seen from professional footballer. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think aside from a, aside from a handful of excellent games, Anita has been absolute dog shit this year. Colacini should. You've got to pick one. <laughs> All right. Come, Come back, yeah. All right. I've got it. Uh, Florian Tovan. <laughs> got to be the worst <laughs> player. Like, just just before you go, is it not a bit harsh because he got he got no time? to settle and he was brought into a dog shit team uh, no in fact everyone else was playing in a dog shit team <laughs> they were brand new the league though um, or brought in well, it wasn't like he got a pre-season with the team he was brought in very late in the window well but that's unfortunate but like he's a professional footballer yeah. like <laughs> he, was, he was so bad I think yeah, I can't even let him off on that like barring that Northampton town game where he had to go free assist or something Northampton were like going out of business the next year as well <laughs> bigger things to worry about <laughs> yeah. he was absolutely terrible like 
Yeah. Um, I mean, he played up front for a bit against Arsenal and he sort of looked okay and you're like, oh, when he plays in this position, he might be good. No. Um, absolutely awful. Um, for someone who's been there for the entire season, I think Colaccini is the worst player of that football club at the minute. Do you think so? Yeah. Was, he, was just, his performances that bad? Was it like... Did you, did you come away from a game thinking fucking hell Cartoon yeah Swansea was bad when we were there alright but Swansea was bad because he had like fucking I think those two everyone in front of him still have to find out what his mystery injury is <laughs> yeah, like, injury. Like, like that's kept him out for the last like, well, oh, oh for five or six days three months yeah um, so you've had you've had two um, stick with <laughs> stick with so, uh, you're, sorry. you're not allowed to <laughs> I'm still uh, <laughs> it probably will be a popular one especially not with uh, the fans of the match yesterday but uh, Mitrovic I think in terms of how disappointing and how much it's cost us this season, chances missed and just the more you think about it, the more annoying it is that he was the bloke we signed to be centre forward for the whole season. What do we pay? 13 or 14 million? 40 million. 40, 40 million. You can get, I mean, he spends more time holding up the ball and, and harrying defenders and like, you see when, when the goal kicks are taken, the ball comes in the air and he's looking at the defender, he's more bothered about <laughs> having a fight, be, have, be kicking off and, and causing problems. And how many goals he got? Eight, nine, nine goals. He didn't get. I don't think that many. It's not good enough. I think. It? I think. I think it's eight or nine. It might. It might be nine. I think um, more than Marshall, then, didn't he? Um, but the thing is, you can get you can get a centre forward who can Marshall hold up the ten. ball and score less than ten goals for less than fourteen million pounds. Like he's just been an absolute waste. And he's just. I mean, it's not him personally. He's, he's got some ability. He's obviously quite a, a driven lad, and he cares and stuff. But. He's just been a bit rubbish. The amount of sitters he's missed, it's cost her and we've gone down because he hasn't been able to put away like even just three or four of them would have would have seemed more right. He's just let one down so many times and I don't think he should be getting away with that. He gets far too much credit for the eight or nine goals he has scored. On, on for scoring. You, got, you got nine actually, fair enough. Nine goals. It is it is mental that he got the record and got the standard ovation. Yeah, the ovation pace is the only things about yesterday. I just I, I don't I mean it, he's just a he's a t- typical Newcastle player. He scored against the Magnums, brilliant. Um, and he's a bit raj so he's very popular and then someone like Sissoko who, who yeah. yes he has, he has bad games but he contributes a lot like almost and every, plays every game yeah um, and he gets nothing but grief it just doesn't make any sense to me and that's why why, why I choose Mitrovic just coming quickly before we move on um, I agree with you and I think yesterday played a big part in that because he's young 22 now he, we shouldn't be you know you want to buy an unproven 21 year old at the time and, or 20 or it might just be 21 20, yeah. and um, expect to stay in the Premier League then, then you're the fool yeah. Charlie and, and Carr but but we'll, we'll forgave him his mental loss against Southampton it's his, diet, it's his debut he could have got sent off there he came on against Swansea and could have got sent off there and then he did it against Arsenal so it was coming yeah. and then you thought right probably wasn't a red card against Arsenal no then. probably no, wasn't we didn't help himself but the previous weeks did he yeah, by yeah. doing those stupid things yeah, but, 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 but Sunday was just an absolute disgrace we could have lost that game yeah. it was a lost that game. And, well. but there was no beef do you know what I mean it, was like, it wasn't like it was just a mental and he's going to miss the first four games of the next season if he plays in England whatever the division um, it's almost like right you're missing four games. You could get injured. You could get sent off for the rest of the campaign. He's too much of a risk. Unfortunately, I'd say now he's too much of a risk. I think he'd be a class player one day. I think he's got all the ability in the world, apart from pace. Um, I think he, I think he could be the, the next. I've said it before. Him and Benma could be thirty million pound players each. Not not playing like that, he won't. I mean, great header. Mm-hmm. The one that sticks out for me, Sai. Two two that stick out for me. Where he's fucked with this season. The sitter he missed against the Mountains when it was one nil at their place. Even though down ten men were still bossing it, pissing mm-hmm. it. Um, missed that 1-1 will win the game convinced of it 
and the the like two or three sitters against Everton at home, but the one, the free header from like ten yards, just get on target, and you score, and you put that wide, and we lost yeah. that game. We should we should have picked up three points from that. Would have kept up, but we'll move on. Oh, I should need to do mine. Um, I would say there's a lot of competition for this one. Quite naturally, I'll say um, Ginny Wijnaldum. I know. Listen, I know we've talked about the goals, but for his performances, um, I know this is a bit of a caveat. His away performances have been so consistently disgraceful across the season that he did the team a massive like disservice just by making himself available for selection. He hammered her so badly as a team playing on that left side with ten, like basically playing starting the game with ten men. Um, you could look at everyone else's season and say at some point Perez, you know, got the goal against Spurs, scored against Bournemouth, Mitrovic got a couple of goals away from home, two goals at Norwich, Sissoko contributed away from home in patches, whatever. Winyaldum's performances away from home this season should haunt him for the rest of his career because he just couldn't be asked, could not be asked. They played him as number ten, they played him on the left, they made him fucking cap nothing for a couple of games, they did everything. And he, he was just absolutely dog shit. It wasn't even like he played badly in this game. He just didn't want the ball. Not interested. Not not asked. Sal- Salhamman was absolutely appalling. Just there was a couple of goal, couple of I think one of the goals where um, I think it was Stephen Davis like ran past him and he just like just literally let him just run through onto the back four. And it's just like you've literally just. My other reason for him is like he's, he is actually a really good player. He's yeah. got bags of skill. But he's great in the air. He's yeah. got a bit of pace. He's a fantastic crosser the ball. He can pass. He can finish. He's one of the best players. He, the team, he, he the can team. do it all. And for 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 the outfit. And this is the thing about Sissoko, isn't it? A lot of people think Sissoko is better than he is. And I love him. I think he's one of our best players. But he's not that good. Yeah. He's not that good. He's not. It surprises me he gets in the fan squad because I don't think he's that good. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't surprise me that when Yeldon gets a soft for Holland, he's a fucking good player. But he just. Just couldn't be asked this season. Just didn't fancy it, and he can't. He can't wait to get away. And, and no loss from me. Uh, I'm sure people that, disagree. Uh, the 14 million that we paid for. Hi, <laughs> Spolin. We'll start with you. Can I have your game of the season, please? I have a feeling everyone's game of the season might be similar. Um, I'm gonna try and be slightly different than say it was yesterday and say it was when we beat Spurs at White Hart Lane. Um, me and Mickey and one of our mates went down for that game, and. Uh, the second half was just mint. Like they were being in the away end there when Mitro and uh, Perez came on, I think that was, that was my highlight of the season. Uh, it's not often just when they came on. No, no, no. We're <laughs> winning that game, uh, and it's not often we got to see us win away, let alone win away at the team that was absolutely flying at the time. So unbeaten. Well, it's our first Premier League defeat or second. They lost the home day at Man U. Hadn't lost a home game um, though. Hadn't lost a home game in a long time. And uh, I was cracking, cracking, went to a cracking social club afterwards and got to sing about Newcastle winning the league. Yeah, in London. Yeah. Yeah. Did you stay over on the Sunday? No, we just stayed really late and almost missed our train. I yeah, we got to <laughs> my um, my favourite game of the season by a mile is that game as well. By an absolute mile. Just didn't think there was any chance of winning. You were dead, you were dead, <laughs> dead miserable before, I remember. Like in the run of the game, absolutely terrible. <laughs> Managed by Steve McLaren, we've got to Tottenham who were. If, if there's any listeners out there, we'll try and put the the clip on uh, the podcast oh. the, uh, <laughs> podcast thingy. That there's a Mickey where he had his own uh, debut on TV uh, after that game, didn't you? <laughs> one of the funniest things I've uh, I've seen post match. Or was it like Spurs TV or something? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's one of those like YouTube channels. <laughs> Andrew Buse got in touch. Just feels like the radio show. Got in touch coincidentally saying Spurs away 100% of the most enjoyable games I've ever been to was all 1,000 Geordies dancing on the streets after 
Why would you it, was say? A, it had been in your castle and the away fans had been carrying on the way that we were carrying on outside White Hart Lane like there'd be riots <laughs> like, uh, people dancing singing jingle bells like just going mental jumping into TV cameras <laughs> um, so place. fair play lads I think that's a, one that's going to be struggling to be beating Ben uh, yesterday for me just as you said it was just so unexpected I mean as I said you said you thought we'd win um I didn't. I thought Spurs have got everything to come and play for still. Like that's. I mean, if there's ever been a bigger carrot for for Spurs fans, it's finishing above Arsenal in other leagues. Um, and they, it just shows sort of how the wheels have come off their season. But regardless of that, like we're a team that's just got relegated. Like we've got nothing to play for. The players obviously going to be devastated. Like you're thinking there's going to be some sort of just a terrible terrible performance in there just because obviously they let themselves down I, I didn't think they'd be as up for it as they were um, and it just like we're just better the team we beat them in every facet really um, we're just more up for it the def- like, defence were really solid we created them problems we, we were just brilliant um, cool. obviously scored five goals which just doesn't happen Sorry, any difference? Uh, yeah, like last season when we had this question where I think me and Ben were both in agreement that it was Everton last season because of how hilarious it was <laughs> where and Pick, pick point, um, pinpointing that moment when uh, Mike Williamson ran away from <laughs> from Aruna Kone uh, <laughs> literally ran away 20 yards so in the, in the same vein the most entertaining or hilarious game of the season was the Man U Man one U, yeah. at home uh, I mean Mike Dean obviously ridiculous awarding of a penalty you've ever seen after giving away Gag Pen to Rooney the, <laughs> the running 20 yards to point at the pen spot <laughs> just we, we were crying Still, still now. Still, still while, still while uh, it was at Midrovich took a pen. Still while he was lined up to take the pen, we were crying and just said, what Mike Dean had just done. And then with somehow we're, we're throwing it away again. Like Manu scored three two, and um, and then ninetieth minute, Paul Dummer just pumps up and like trundles up the ball in a ridiculous fashion, smashes it. We didn't realise it took a massive deflection. We just thought it had rifled it. And again, we were just on the floor in tears of like laughter. It didn't make any sense. No, so, it was also funny. It wasn't funny at the time when Manu scored the third goal and the ball was rocketed towards Dummett defence and he just passed it to Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> and I was oh, poor yeah. Right. Yeah. That was it. We were griefing. I was like, I can't believe he's done that to a here. And then he just came trundling up. Yeah. Class, class game, that was enjoyable. Forgotten about that, that was meant. Yeah. Just to be contrary, <laughs> I'll go with one. Um, it probably me most enjoyable one was West Ham at home this season because I genuinely thought, for the first time in the whole season, I thought there's a team here. There's a fucking good team there. Like, it was Shelby's home debut, or possibly debut. Um, debut. Yeah, debut. And um, Saive came on and did all right. And when West Ham turned up, we had a terrible. We hadn't fucking won in ages. I mean, Spurs was probably the last time we won. Um, we turned up and we're just like we'd lost both games to Watford away in the space of two weeks we'd lost at Arsenal lost at West Brom lost to the ends to Evan and uh, West Ham were flying this was their their, like their season one at that point they were thinking like top four smashing it Pyatt was like smashed just scoring I think he's still in Paul Paul Dummett's mum checks the washing (laughs) (laughs) she'll find Dimitri Pyatt in the back back pocket still but um like yeah, this was just really that was where we were tuning up after fifteen minutes or something stupid like that. We should have been four or five and up by half time. And even even the second half when Mbemba <laughs> took a one, you can't think of a goal. Like he's directly contributed to the underhead back pass, which Rob Elliott's like 
still pretty rooted on his line now, <laughs> not coming for the ball. Um, we st- just defended really professionally and really well, and we we played well. And I, was, I left that game thinking we'll fucking stay up. How wrong I was. So the game where Shelby played the past the Jan map, and yeah. you just could hear the crowd going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was out. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was. A, it was a good day. Was a good like, game. Oh, oh, he's <laughs> I'll I'll start with my worst one then, since I've got the mic. Uh, easy one for me. Better at home. Um, that's conversely to West Ham and I know West Ham came after it Villa was the first time after that well wait I mean it was your birthday Mickey uh, you convinced me not to taxi drive on the busiest night of the year <laughs> just for your birthday which fair enough it's what mates do um, we had a good we had like some drink before like it was a long day of like stupid shots at one o'clock <laughs> like mixing drinks non-stop because we're like it's vile they're getting relegated this is absolutely mean we just done Spurs and Liverpool um, and the heavens opened and seeing Dion missed that chance and that's the first time when I was like We're, we are shit like because all the pattern before that for McLaren the narrative had been quite clear hard start hard start hard runner games that was the part wasn't it like oh we've got such a hard start you know we've got Arsenal we've got Man United we've got Southampton we've got Swansea all fucking rock hard games then the derby happened and it was like well we were, we were absolutely robbed right. of the derby um, we'll beat Norwich and then we had a little bit of a recovery Chelsea and stuff like that after and you know Norwich and all that kind of stuff and then he then he had Liverpool and after the disasters at Man City Palace he had Liverpool and Spurs and it was like this is it this is it we've got fucking Everton we've got West Brom we've got Watford the next few games this is it and it was just like me was it us three me Ben and Sai yeah. sat in a ruby all you can eat place in the gate after the match just like so miserable like just like Blads would the, the worst team in Premier League history we've just seen there and we couldn't beat them yeah. so oh, that's my wor- that's my there's obviously been worse games to witness but it was just that was the moment where I was like we are shit Maggie I was going to say that as well especially considering it was my birthday um, that was the first game where I thought we were down that was your birthday yeah happy birthday Maggie do you not remember we were sat in the cruise oh you were there man I was, I was, I think I'd been on a night out again before and turned up absolutely mortal. Shock. <laughs> Pretty lad. In case anyone don't know, Ben's an absolute lad. He's always out on the pitch. He's always out. <laughs> For those the t- two times that it's happened this season. <laughs> I've not really got much to add to what you've said though. So disappointed me. I'm just going I was going to say, you've blown this one out of the water, I think. Like, Is it, there are other options. There are, there are bad ones, but I'm just thinking that was, such, that was such a depressing Evan day. Away, actually, to Evan give away, a different one, oh, Evan away was oh, absolutely oh, yeah, hanging. Like, if anyone wants to just be, like, if you want to hear a group of angry lads listen to our podcast and move back from Evan, some anger on that podcast, loads of listeners got in touch saying, like, we're normally quite jovial and, and, and nice, but we're that was shy, wasn't angry. Yeah, really shit game. Shit journey, shit pub before the match. Like dis- down now as well. Disgracefully bad performance. Only good part of that yeah, no, no glamour pits, it goes down. We're still we're still parked outside, we just didn't have to pay a fiver. No pool. <laughs> to be fair, the start is much beer on offers. No fucking change there. Can I have a brony? No, we don't have that. We got the tap, no, nothing comes out of it. Never side it? Nah, just fine. <laughs> Colin, that was probably a big sign that they were going out of business. But yeah, maybe <laughs> Everton was bad. Uh, was that the game you also absolutely stacked it on the way home? Was that yeah. Leicester? Yeah, it was. was that Everton? Yeah. <laughs> maybe basically just fell over. I was, really, I was on like a muddy bag. Really, really funny. <laughs> Covered him oh, his whole yeah. body and like headed to him. That's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> didn't you see a player in there as well? 
Yeah, we saw James Bell. James Bell, he was so buzzing that you fucking did a terrible time. There was a path that you didn't have to walk up the grass, but you did. I know, I don't know what I was playing at. This must be when me and Bolland were just walking around the wrong end of Liverpool. No, it was at the services. Bolland was there. Oh, yes, I do. Good choices, lads. I think both of them were terrible. I wouldn't. Any other game? I wouldn't. have to worry about a little bit. Crack so you got nothing besides yeah, well, other games. I had Everton as well. So just Bournemouth at home. Bournemouth at home uh, was bad. That was the moment that you sort of went, oh, shit, this could actually happen. We could go down." Um, Grissom, one of the worst performances I've ever seen from Newcastle side, and to get turned over by a side that, all right, they've done okay this year, but they're still a very poor side, and we made them look absolutely spectacular. I think Dan Goslin. Just controlling the midfield. It's uh, just embarrassing. Bournemouth played four four two, and I was like, "What are they doing?" Like four four two with you know with Shelby and Perez, and so I was like, "We'll fucking murder them." Oh no! McLaren had a certain young French lad up a sleeve called Emmanuel Riviere, <laughs> who everyone basically said like, "This is a suicide note from him. This is like everyone buy you, Dogger, because I'm sure you were absolutely delighted the same. I wasn't. Shot. I wasn't really. I was like, "It is a suicide note," but. It was a, it was it was it was the lack of effort, wasn't it, from the players? That's the thing as well. It was a lack of effort from McClatchy. He had just given up at that point, hadn't he? It was just like fuck it. Like, I don't give a shit who plays. Rivier, get your boots on, son. Yeah. He was, he was just sack us, please sack us. Give us yeah. my money. I'll, I'll get myself away. That's that's all it was. He's like, I've got me on two flights next week. One to the Dominican Republic. One to Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> Probably cost a fortune <laughs> after. So, Manuel. <laughs> Right, um, one last thing. Is anyone getting anything for this gripe of the season in general about Newcastle and the season we've had? Just, just not sacking McLaren sooner. Yeah. Not sacking McLaren sooner? Yeah. I'll do mine first, and you can do yours in case you think about anything else. Mine is the injuries. I'm just so bored of Newcastle having injured players. So bored of playing teams like Everton and Sunderland who just don't who just don't have injuries they might have one maybe like push two first team players out we go to fucking away games where you've got 11 first team players out injured it's just a piss take like it doesn't happen at other clubs only other club it happens to at Arsenal and what happens what's happened since Benitez has come back a lot of injuries are cleared up it's just like something something is deeply wrong and I'm just fucking sick of supporting a club that's just got a constant first 11 out injured it is quite funny with obviously the lab was saying that there wasn't he that the training grounds only got like room for two yeah. physios <laughs> so like half the players can't even get treatment yeah they've got to go and they've got to go and like right. get their own like yeah it's just mental like how a Premier League team has that um, so I just say that think, space as well it's in the middle of nowhere like there's just yeah. there's just on top of that, though, I mean, it just it just does show you that for all the um, the sort of media try and like sort of say how good some of their car times have been and stuff like that. The character of these players is an absolute fucking disgrace. They're an absolute disgrace. The money they're paid, and as you say, just half them can't be fucked to even get fit or like it's just embarrassing. Like. So that I mean that's got to be one of the biggest stains on that, the team. Yeah. Just the lack, you look at, you look lack at, of professionalism from from these these cunts. You look at Vincent Company, the size of his calves now. Oscar, mm. they're so big. He's Vincent got his calves. <laughs> he can't he can't buy socks, football socks that'll fit. He has to have them cut open at the back to fit his calves in, <laughs> um, because he's got he's obviously been suffering from calf injuries. So he's just thought, well, I'm just going to work as hard as I possibly can. That's why he's got a calf injury. 
Colaccini do you reckon how, how big do you reckon Colaccini's car that's a question I never thought I'd ask Rafa's not the first manager to complain that our training ground is subpar and possibly contributing to injuries Sunes was the first I think to say that that's been a couple of since they're all soft tissue injuries man no no one's in front with a fucking broken leg are they yeah. no one's out like fair enough um, Elliot and Krull picked up serious injuries and fucking at national duty which is kind of muggy but um, no, like no one's ever getting snapped on the pitch, are they? Yeah. Look at look at Stephen Taylor. I mean, not that there's been any miss. Look at Hydara. Look at all of these players who are just look at Aaron's who constantly pick up injuries, not on the fucking pitch. They pick them up. It wasn't Aaron's last week he broke his foot or something? To be fair, he's just had that many mates. That's one of no idea. Isn't it? My gripe of the season, Dodds, is not being able to enjoy. Till I get relegated. Good one. Slash bad one. Yeah, I've enjoyed it still a little bit, but yeah, it's not the same, is it? Like no, this, it's not the same. Filling away last, last away game of the year should have been like should have been revenge for us, and it was horrific. Our time will come. Those they'll get they'll get it. It's unlikely that we're ever going to get that scenario. No, yeah, 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 last away game. Get them back in the next season. We're going up and they're staying in the championship or getting relegated. That will be the day. Yeah. Anyone else? It's right. a pretty depressing way to finish the pod, really. What's been but a right season like? I was going to say it's probably fitting, isn't it? Um, anyone else for gripes? Why don't we just take an extra minute to thank Steve McLaren? <laughs> I want to fucking whinge about refs again. We say it all the time, but Christ, how many fucking just idiots? Are <laughs> That's what happens to clubs, though, doesn't it? That's this, this level, of fucking like they're going about. Oh, it's the best best league in the world, and you've still got fuckwits having the biggest impact on it like just ruining games fucking Andre Mariner that could like oh if I had a bullet <laughs> look at me Mariner yeah he's, like a, he's like just a, a prick he, and he goes out of his way to fuck over fucking Rob Madley Bobby, Bobby Madley Bobby Madley Bobby, Bobby what a cunt <laughs> um, if you look at, you look at that, that quality decision which would have won that game that was overturned wrong decision look at Mike fucking Dean at Norwich and it didn't matter in the end Norwich didn't stop up, but that was a we saw from the fucking away end man of the yeah. pitch handball before there when a hand fucking ball uh, he's not given it if you look at um, Mike fucking Dean loads gave the pen against Man U like went out of his way to give it um, there was one and the one against Palace was Palace second. yeah it's going to say he did one recently as well and it was that it was the Palace one just just pricks a lot of them sorry many more swear words Bastards. No, that unions have all covered the pretty much what was bad about the season. Right, well, that's it for. We'll get, we'll have some more specials on relegation this week with me and some of the listeners. And we're going to record straight after this the Premier League review show where we're, we've, we've neglected the Premier League a little bit because it's just been so shit. Um, with Newcastle being terrible next season. I've got a quick gripe. Go on then. Football betting. So on Sunday, I came into the town after after me match this uh, in the morning. Using all the pubs, like, I wasn't enough time to come join you. Right, I'll go to Ladbrokes. I just want a nice long list and pick some teams accumulator. Where do I start? There's about thirty five different sheets now. It's like goals bonanza, <laughs> goals banana, goal goal apples. Like it just, I didn't understand it, and I've ended up doing. I've got a slip in my pocket now where I've picked a load of teams from Saturday. I didn't realise. So I took it in Ladbrokes says that I've picked loads of teams that have already played when I put the bet on. And they let you put the bet on? Yeah, it went through, so I've got a, I've got a receipt. It says, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> the potential winnings 90 quid but all the matches are avoid except for the Man U game and they said they can't refund it until the Man U game starts <laughs> how like, oh, Simon that's that's your fault that yeah, maybe but just like I don't, I don't know I've bet on all these teams and they're all won I'm a genius how's it potential wins at 90 we've only put one game through which is Man U at Bournemouth it was like yeah, yeah, it's fucked up but my, my, point, my point is he can't just go and, he can't just go he's and put play. 100 quid on that and he for England winning the World Cup in 66 <laughs> <laughs> I've got a funny feeling this one might come in. I've had a tip. Greece, you know, Euros. Not these ones, but the But no, you can't just put an accumulator on. You can't just put, like, oh, these three teams are going to draw anymore. Remember, th- remember three draws? Yes, you can. Those are the days. <laughs> My lovely friend Peter. So, yeah, it's got to be like, this team's going to win by two, but the other team's got to score, but they've got to be in attendance of less, like, just stupid bets. That's my gun and my gears. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who's listened. This is the last kind of proper tune podcast of the season in terms not proper, but the one where us lads all do it. Potentially ever when we all fall out next season and yeah. sit in the past. Yeah, exactly, when we'll fall out about the seating situation. <laughs> uh, when Bolton starts the, the, the Tune Scud podcast, <laughs> where it's just him rattling his rattle. <laughs> 45 minutes. Welcome uh, to the Celtic section of the Yeah, podcast. exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, Bolland finally, like, Bolland joins the IRA. Now <laughs> 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 joins the UVF. Um, I'm just joking, of course. Um, Alright, so thanks everyone who listens. We've had, we've had a good season as a podcast where, where listenerships nearly tripled, uh, despite Newcastle being absolutely dog shit. So thanks to everybody who listens, because you're all the, reasons that we're, the reason that we do it. Um, and we'll be back next season. <laughs> Lars, Mickey, Ben, Cy, Bolland. For me, Dogger, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, Dodds. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.